In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of Tuba, and the Gospel today was from John chapter 9. And it's the famous story of the healing of the blind man. And the theme of this Coptic month of Tuba is baptism. Because in this month, we celebrated the glorious feast of the Theophany. And when one digs into the Gospel of today, the connection between the blind man and baptism becomes very, very obvious. Because the blind man is sent to, to wash in the waters of Siloam, and then the blind man returns seeing. So the church fathers see this Gospel as a symbol of baptism. And in the orthodox concept, baptism is called the sacrament of enlightenment. Because through this sacrament, it's where we become sons of light. And through this sacrament, we become illuminated. And we become vessels of the Holy Spirit. And our hearts and our minds, they become enlightened, no longer darkened by sin and corruption from our former nature. And that's why today I want to speak to you about enlightenment. We were all baptized, and so we should all be enlightened. Our eyes should be opened. We should be able to see God in our life. Yet many people grumble that God is absent, or many people complain that they cannot see God. And just yesterday, I was actually walking on the streets of, of Miami, and someone who was formerly an Orthodox Christian came up to me. He recognized I was a priest, and he wanted to share an inappropriate joke with me. So um, he said his funny joke that wasn't so funny. And then um, I asked him about which church he goes to, and he goes, I haven't been to church in a long time. As long as we're good people and we love each other, blah, 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 all that nice stuff. He said, we're good, right? So then I said to him, well, what about Jesus? What about, like, where does Jesus fit into all this? He made another inappropriate joke. And then that was the end of our conversation. And I left thinking, this, like, I left this conversation thinking, this man was someone enlightened, but unfortunately has been blinded by the pleasures, blinded by the corruption of this world. And so that Jesus now has no... Who's Jesus? And I think in, this is fitting for this world because in the 18th century Europe, a movement was started. And sadly, and quite ironically, this, this period was called the era or the period of enlightenment. This was 18th century Europe. And this period of time in history stressed reason. They stressed reason, which it wasn't, it's not reason, it's more, it's veiled as scientism. And this period stressed skepticism. And this period stressed secularism and individualism. And so we're still living in all of these isms that the world is saying will give us enlightenment, yet, actually in the orthodox concept, enlightenment comes from the opposite of all the things that were just mentioned. The sad irony is that secular enlightenment 
is radically different from the way our Lord and the Bible describes enlightenment. And so the world's enlightenment is actually blindness in the Christian concept. Because in order to be enlightened, the only way to be enlightened is to be next to the source of light. The only way to have light is to be next to a source of light. And without this light, you would be in darkness. That's why God the Father, the Father of light, sent His only begotten Son, who we say in the Creed is light of light and true God of true God, to come close to us so that we could see His light, we could behold His light. And, and this is the Gospel of today. Because there is no amount of scientism, there was no medicine, there was no amount of skepticism or secularism or any of the individualisms or any of the isms that could cure this blind man. The only way this blind man could be cured was to come near the source of light, the fountain of life, as was said in the psalm. And he came before the Lord, and the Lord healed him. And the beautiful thing in the gospel is that the Lord knows that this blind man is hopeless. He has no hope of being saved. And this is like the Lord knows that we can't be saved on our own. There's no amount of self-help or self-direction or whatever that the world is trying to tell you that you could fix your life that can help you. The only way that you can be cured is to come again near the... The source of light. And so, the Lord Jesus Christ came close to this blind man. But, at the same time, he gave enlightenment to this blind man. But, he also put some things in the blind man's court. There was some things for the blind man that he had to do in order for him to be enlightened. And so, today I believe the church is teaching us how we can be healed like this blind man. How we can become enlightened again. The first step of enlightenment comes through repentance. Oh, repentance. I feel like we talk about repentance every week. But that is the only way. Repentance is the way to enlightenment. When St. Paul was on his final trial before King Agrippa, you know, St. Paul went through five trials. His last trial, it's written in Acts 26. St. Paul, he says something amazing, and I feel like this statement should become the mission statement for the church. I think the has a big banner, kidda, and everyone to like soak in the words that St. Paul says. The Lord told St. Paul, your mission, your mission, St. Paul, is that you are to open the eyes to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. To turn them from the power of Satan to, to God. So that through their faith in me, they will have their sins forgiven and receive their place among God's chosen people. And then St. Paul says, I was not disobedient to the command of God. God told me I should be a witness and should go and turn people from light or from darkness to light from the power of Satan. He says, I would, was not disobedient to the power of God or to the word of God. So he said, when I went to Damascus in Jerusalem, I preached that they must repent of their sins and turn to God and do the things and do the things that would show they had repented. So the first step to enlightenment is repentance. After St. Paul saw the Lord on the road to Damascus, he was himself 
blind and he lost his sight for three days. And then the Lord appeared to Ananias and said, go and heal St. Paul. And it says that St. Paul, during that time, he was praying. And I was thinking of what St. Paul was praying for. And I believe St. Paul, he was praying for mercy. He was praying for forgiveness. He was praying to see again. Then Ananias came and laid his hands on him and baptized St. Paul. It's written that he was baptized. And you know that St. Paul, he saw. Repentance is the key to illumination. I also see repentance in the gospel of today by the Lord putting mud on the face of this blind man and sending him to go to wash. Can you imagine the shame of walking with mud in your face through the town? And the, the interesting thing is that like this man didn't have eyes, so it's obvious he's blind. But when he put mud on his eyes, it's like extra confirmation that you are blind. The mud actually pointed out his weakness even further. It was calling attention to his own weakness. And I feel like this is the same when we go to confession. We are walking in with mud in our face. And the mud points to the sins that we need to repent from. And the parts in our life that need washing away. So when the, the blind man, he went, he washed, then the mud washed away. This is what repentance does to us. Repentance removes the darkness of the soul. Because sin, sin darkens the soul. It blackens the soul. You know how like cigarettes darken the lungs? Anybody see how like cigarettes, they darken the lungs? You know because black and blackness is like... It absorbs all the light. That's why, like on a hot summer day, don't wear a black galabeya. It's not like smart. It's, you'll be very hot. It absorbs all of the light. And, but the beautiful thing is that repentance removes all of the blackness that's in our heart. That's why Psalm 50, it says, You shall sprinkle me with your hyssop, and I shall be... Purified, and you shall wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. White is the most reflective color. When you shine light in a white room, the light bounces all over the place. It illuminates the place. It reflects the light. So the first step to illumination or enlightenment has to be through... Repentance, to make my heart white again, so that the light can shine. Another way to achieve enlightenment is through faith. Faith is like spiritual eyeglasses that allow us to see into the spiritual realm. St. Paul, he says this in Hebrews 11, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. So I can see things through the eyes of faith. And so that's why faith allows the, the Christian to see the world differently. That's why the Pauline epistle today was about St. Paul's faith 
in the repentance of Israel. St. Paul, because of his great faith, and despite the faithlessness of the Jews, believes that Israel will be saved. Small disclaimer here, because unfortunately, evangelical Christians use this verse that was read today in the Pauline to support in their secularism, the nation of Israel and the Zionist movement. I don't think St. Paul intended for this verse to be used for the Zionist movement. Because in the next verse, right after that he believes Israel will say, he say, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn many away from ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. All of that already, that already happened. The deliverer came from Zion, he took away the sins. But St. Paul, he has faith in the mercy of God. He has faith that these events would save Israel. Perhaps St. Paul, he sees himself as a symbol of Israel, the most devout Jew. And he sees how the mercy of God saved him. And so he has faith that everyone else can be saved. So his faith allows him to see a perspective that others would be just hopeless in. Faith changes our perspective. Faith allows us to see suffering differently and the events of the world differently. I was reading the other day in my quiet time in the Gospel of of St. Mark chapter 8. And the Lord tells the disciples, He says to them, He says, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And the Lord said this right after He had done the miracle of feeding of the 4,000. So the disciples thought that he said this because they had taken no bread. And so Jesus said, he was aware of these, what are you guys, like? why are you guys thinking about not having bread? I just fed the multitude. So he says, why do you reason because you have no bread? And this is the part that like touched me. He said, do you not yet perceive or understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, having eyes, do you not see? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? Do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets of full fragments did you wake up? They said 12. And then he said, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets of full fragments did you take up? They said seven. And then he asked them a question. He said, how do you still not understand? He's asking them, I don't get it. Why do you still not understand after all of this? It's because the people had no, no faith. No faith. And then actually right after that passage, there's a beautiful story. And actually one that always troubled me. Because right after that, he says, why don't you guys get it? There comes a blind man to him. And this, another blind man, and like the blind, blind man in the gospel of today, it says that he spit on his hands. He didn't make mud and put it on his face this time, but he took the spit and put it on. Do you guys know this, this story? He put it on the eyes of the blind man and then said, Did you see, do you see anything? And then the man said, I see men walking like trees. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he restored, he was restored and saw everyone 
clearly. This miracle always bothered me. Like, why the Lord, he like, did he mess up the first time? Like, why did he say, what are you doing? Like, you couldn't just heal him the first time? And what the church father said, he said he believed imperfectly. This man did not have faith yet. And so the Lord wanted to take him through levels of faith. So he healed him first and said, what did you see? He said, I see the trees. And then, so he, he started to grow his faith. And then he healed him the second time. The church father said, inasmuch as he believed imperfectly, that he who has yet had bet a little, but a little vision might by means of a little light believe more perfectly. So God gave him a little light so that he could open his eyes further. And so this shows how faith grows in like stages. Your faith grows little by little. Your knowledge, which we'll talk about in a little bit, will grow little by little. The, the last way we become enlightened is through divine knowledge. Through divine knowledge. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the scripture says that the eyes of them were opened. Their eyes were opened. They chose to take knowledge from this tree, and this knowledge actually, it opened their eyes, but not in the right way. So, it shows us that you need to be careful where you take knowledge from. Because knowledge of sin destroys us. The beautiful thing about children is they have no knowledge of sins. They don't know bad words yet. They don't have bad thoughts. They don't know about judgment. They don't know about this. But when they learn about it, then their eyes are opened and they see things that they shouldn't be seeing. And then the process to remove the knowledge of sin, that's a process. That takes enlightenment, that takes confession, that takes years of removal and cutting the bondage of sin that is in our life. So not all knowledge is helpful. Not all knowledge is helpful. That's why when you gossip with your friends, that knowledge that you hear is not helpful. Because now when I have gossip in my mind and I see someone, now I judge them. So not all knowledge is helpful. That's why it's important if you want to be enlightened, that you have knowledge from, from God. You eat from the tree of life. That's why the gospel this morning was about the tree of life. It was about the bread of life. And he who eats from the bread of life has everlasting life. In the, in the Pauline epistle today, St. Paul, he said this differently. He said, I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of the mystery. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to have knowledge. I don't want you to be wise. He says, lest you be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. When we are wise in our own opinion, when we do not take the knowledge from the heavens, then we become blind. We need direction from God. We need the knowledge of God. We need God to direct our steps. 
That's why the Acts of today was also very beautiful. Because it showed how St. Peter got a message from God to accept the Gentiles. How could he have known to accept the Gentiles? Except if it wasn't for God telling him, rise, kill, eat. He said, all I've ever known was this. But God was revealing to him something new, something different. So, in order for us to be enlightened, we have to go to the source of knowledge to see what God has for us, what God wants to teach us. I hope today we think about enlightenment, not from the world. We don't want to have like TikTok brain and all of this stuff. And that's knowledge, like I'm worried that what's shaping our minds is the world. Our enlightenment should come from the knowledge of heaven. We have enlightenment through repentance. We have enlightenment through faith. And we have enlightenment through the divine knowledge, through the word of God. And glory be to God forever. Amen.